want to chill? Then this is not your ride. Icebreaker, an all-new coaster at SeaWorld Orlando. Multi-directional quadruple launches rocket you up the steepest 100-degree beyond vertical drop in Florida, then propel you down, forwards, and backwards. It's 93 feet of high-flying adventure. Afterwards, experience the chilling and refreshing taste of Coca-Cola and the all-new Icebreaker, now open at SeaWorld Orlando. Get an annual pass as low as $13 per month. Taxes and restrictions may apply. Ready? Okay. We've got paper. Yes, we do. Lightroom, notebooks, pencils, glue. we got crayons every hue. School supplies for your whole crew. Target's got everything you need to ready, set, go back to school. Lock Talk Radio. I'm going to a city that's set on a hill. Its ruler and maker is the Lord God above. Oh, I'm going to a city and it's set on a hill. And someday I'll be in heaven and there'll be no sorrow there. Oh, I'm going. Hello, everybody. God bless you today. This is Susan Puzio. And I want to welcome you to the Prophetic News radio broadcast on Blog Talk Radio. We're also heard on the Rapture Ready Radio Network, which is the network of Jackie Alnor. And she will be with us next week. And next week, we're going to talk about Robert Lairdon and Lance Walnow who has the uh, seven mountain heresy. So uh, anyway, everybody in the chat room, give me a shout out and let me know if you can hear me. If my mic is working, I'd appreciate it. Just put a little note there in the chat room and let me know that the sound is on because last week we had some problems with the microphone wasn't hooked up and then I had to hook it up again. And, but Hopefully you can hear me okay. Today we're going to talk about, I've seen a lot of seed faith hucksters in my life. And, uh, but this past week, I have to tell you, I, I saw something that I had never seen before. Now I've been saved since 1981 and I was in the Word of Faith movement for uh, about 15 years. And I saw them all. I saw Mike Murdoch in person. I saw uh, Oral Roberts and Richard Roberts in person. I saw Kenneth Hagan. I saw Kenneth Copeland, uh, Norval Hayes, Bob Tilton. I saw all the, at the time, some of the most famous seed faith hucksters that were out there. And, uh, but I never saw anybody like this that I saw this week at Paula White. Now I know that we talk about Paula White a lot and, uh, but I couldn't help myself because I have to tell you, I watched some of this so-called prophetic uh, services that these prophetic services that she was having at her church and uh, she was having this prophet from Africa 
there for three nights. And I have to say, it, it was nauseating uh, to watch what happened there. What an abomination it was. Anyway, I'm still trying to get someone in the chat room. Somebody that's in the chat room, let me know. Write me a little note there and let me know if you can hear me. Uh, So I know that I'm coming across. Okay, I see that there's three people in the chat room. So let me know if uh, you can hear, okay? Um, But anyway, uh, also we're going to talk a little bit about Marcus and Joni Lamb of the Daystar Network. Now, I've titled this program Gangsta Preachers. You know, gangsters. You remember gangsters back in the day, especially in the day of Prohibition in the 1920s? Gangsters, they used to ride around in these uh, big cars. And, uh, okay, thank you. I hear somebody telling me it sounds good. Thank you very much. So we're on. Anyway, remember... uh, if you ever watched The Untouchables with Elliot Ness, and this is an old TV show, probably from the 60s or 70s. And anyway, these gangsters, they used to drive around. They wore big hats and long coats, and they'd carry their machine guns under their coats. And then if they wanted to get your attention, they would they would whip out their machine gun, and they would let you have it. They they used to leave bodies in the street riddled with machine gun bullets. And in other words, they were going to, you were going to face a stick up. You were going to face a stick up if you didn't do what they wanted you to do. So uh, that's why I've titled this program gangsta preachers, gangsters, because these preachers are gangsters. They, they, they have no shame. Uh, but that's why Jesus said that it is hard for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven because you you can, for instance, if God gives you everything that you want, really, we don't know too much in our human minds. We God has all wisdom. We only have a part. The Bible says we see in part and we, we see through a glass darkly. So we we think we want things, but it might not be good for us. So God, in his wisdom, doesn't give us everything we want because uh, it, it can lead to destruction. And you see that people like Paula White, she I, I, I think she has really gone over to a total reprobate mind after what I saw this week. And I'm going to play some of the audio that I got from this three-night service that she had there. She called it a service for the people. She said she opened with the fact that she was bringing in this prophet because people had needs. They had needs there. And, and, and she was doing it for the people because she wanted the people to get their needs met. She She was doing it for them. But yet... But yeah, I didn't see, uh, from what I saw of of these services, and it was an abomination, I must say, uh, this guy, some kind of a witch doctor or something, I'm telling you, I never saw anybody operate the way he operated. 
And uh, Paula White was just dancing with glee because he was bringing in, he must have, if they did all the money that he collected from, it was probably $300,000, $500,000 that he collected during this time. And I can imagine that some of the people that were held up by these gangsters during this three nights, uh, that they went home. And then when they woke up in the morning, they were shaking their heads and they were saying, what did we do? How come we did that? Why did we do that? I don't have that kind of money to give to Paula White. Uh, Paula White's a millionaire, or so she says. Her, her husband, uh, Jonathan Friga, he's also a millionaire. Uh, but you have to give them money because they need money to operate their so-called ministries, which are nothing but fleecing centers. That's all it is. It's not... I didn't really see anybody really get ministered to, and I didn't watch the whole thing, but the whole service uh, and all the hype and all the screaming and all the shouting at the devil and all the, the, the worshiping that they call worship, it goes on for two hours, two and a half hours, but it all leads to the end of the service, which is the, the, the uh, fleecing time. That's the scamming time. They get you all worked up. To get you uh, hypnotized and manipulated and put into some kind of a state, a hypnotic trance, where then they can extract money from your checkbook, which they did very cunningly uh, during that time. Also, um, Marcus and Joni Lamb of the Daystar Network, uh, two big con artists, when they had in February their what they call heart for the world. Oh, they have a heart for the world. And, uh, no, if you have a heart for the world, you don't scam people. There's nothing wrong with doing a telethon if that's what you want to do. If you want to do a telethon, fine. If you, if you don't have enough faith to believe God uh, to bring in your finances. So, uh, but Daystar really doesn't need to do telethons. They take in uh, $10, $20, 30000000 million a year with selling airtime. So they don't really need uh, to do these uh, conathons that they do, which is another fleecing center over there. But they've become so greedy that they don't care about the gospel anymore. They just care about getting rich and bringing $50 million or whatever they bring into that wretched network that's an abomination uh, to the body of Christ. So uh, all they did, all they do for a week or two weeks or whatever, so-called heart for the world is scam people. And they bring Steve Muncy on there, a big scam artist. Uh, they bring people like Mike Murdoch and uh, uh, different people. They, they uh, even had this uh, Manasseh Jordan, <laughs> the psychic, the psychic, you know, Manasseh Jordan, the psychic, the son of the psychic. Uh, Bernard Jordan, they bring him, they even brought him on one time. They brought Brian Karn, which you don't see too much of him now. But And all they do is tell you, send some money and you can get healed of cancer. You can get household salvation. They're another one that they sell household salvation. You can get your kids off of drugs. Uh, at this uh, so-called prophetic meeting that Paula White had for three nights over there in Apopka, the, the, uh, the church that she has over there off a of county road, no windows. It looks like a den of iniquity in there. It's dark in that place. And there's a reason why it's dark in there. Uh, they have lights, but they don't use them. Um, 
so uh, they even told the people at this uh, so-called prophetic conference, this African guy, I still don't know his name, uh, and I, this was really a spooky guy. Uh, he says, um, all of you that are believing for a husband. <laughs> now, I had a friend that did this once. Uh she was in a Mike Murdoch meeting. This was back in the 1980s. And Mike Murdoch at that time, he would tell you to sow a $58 seed if you were believing God for a husband or a wife. So, and he would, he would tell you to write on your check that you were believing God for a husband or you were believing God for a wife. And then, and then in, in a certain amount of time, he would say maybe 30 days, 90 days or whatever, you were going to meet the person of your dreams, right? Now, that that's a pretty good deal, right? Buying a husband for $58 or buying a wife for $58. Well, my friend did that. She sowed a seed and she sowed the, the money. And then, yeah, she met, she met this guy and they got married. And they stood up on the platform one Sunday morning and they were beaming about how much in love they were. And this was the husband that she got with the $58 blessing. And you better be careful because, you know, you get what you pay for, right? So it, it wasn't a few years down the road. They bought, they had a big, beautiful home. They had a business. Oh, and they, they were supposed to have a ministry. The guy that she married, he wound up being a con artist. And he was actually stealing stealing people's money and he owed everybody money yay oh man and she didn't know it poor thing they wound up losing their house they wound up losing their marriage they wound up he wound up in prison for a year so you get what you pay for right 58 dollars. yeah she didn't get any bargain that's for sure but so uh i would be very careful but at this this service uh Saturday night, I think it was. No, it was Friday night. Friday night, last night. Uh, he was telling people that uh, come up to the altar. And he told, first, he, this is what he did. This is how he manipulated them. He told them, go to the altar and put your hands on the altar. Everybody that wants a husband or a wife, come up here right now. And when you touch the altar... He says, which is, you know, it's a platform made out of carpeting. Like, that's an altar? Uh, yeah, it's an altar. I, I didn't know that we had to go touch altars to get things that we that we needed. I, I didn't know we had to do that. I thought that we could pray and ask God to give us things that, that he wants to give us. He, he, he said he would supply our needs, and he knows what they are. So they go up to the altar. Uh, they're running up there. Oh, these women, they're running up there and uh, they're putting their hands on the altar and they're dancing and they've got their hands up in the air. Oh, everybody's happy because they're going to get a husband or they're going to get a wife because they ran up there and touched the altar. Please stop. Stop. And then, so then about 10 minutes later, okay, he saw that he had, Oh, there was probably a hundred people that ran up there that they wanted to get married. So he saw he had at least a hundred people. And then he says to them, okay, now 
uh, I'm going to tell you, I, I hear the Lord saying to me, and he says, I hear God speaking to me right now. Of course, God doesn't talk like this because our our point of reference always is how did the Lord Jesus Christ act when he was on the earth? Nobody ever went up to Jesus Christ with money and asked them for a husband or a wife. And no, no, nobody ever did that. No, it never happened, okay? <laughs> And the Bible says God doesn't change. So uh, if Jesus didn't do it, then it, it ain't so, okay? No, it's not so. So anyway, he says, then he says, he oh, he got a word from the Lord after he saw all those people running up there. He's got, the dollar signs went off. You saw them. Did you ever see those cartoons where all of a sudden the cartoon character, the eyeballs, you see the, the dollar signs? Well, that's what happened here he the dollar signs went off in his head and he told the people that uh now run up here you you only have a few minutes to do this now you run up here with fifty dollars everybody's supposed to give fifty dollars and within one year you're going to be married (laughs) well I'm telling you, the people didn't run up there. They didn't start. There was a there was some people that ran up there, but not all the people that had gone up there to touch the altar because there was more people that went up there to touch the altar because that was free. Uh, $50? Well, no, they weren't that interested. So then what does he do? I never saw anybody do this to people before. He says to them, I'm a prophet and you're disobeying the prophet. And I'm telling you, I have a word from the Lord. And if you don't come up here right now with this $50, I'm only going to give you another minute. I'm only going to a minute or two minutes to come up here with your money, with your seed. God wants to give you a miracle and you won't obey God. Oh, really? So then a few more people started to come up with their $50. I'm telling you, this guy, he, he meant business. He was invited there specifically. I believe to to uh, do some fundraising for Paula because uh, Paula uh, she was out on the road for about five weeks. She, she wasn't even there, and she's supposed to be a pastor. I don't know how you pastor a church and you're never there. Uh, so apparently they're having financial problems because you could see that they keep taking chairs out uh, of the building and the and the uh, size. Of the crowd keeps getting smaller and smaller. Now, you know, she still has maybe four or 500 people that go there, but that's not a lot of people compared to what she had when she started there. She must have had a thousand or more, but the place is cleaning out because that, how many, how much fleecing can you do? And, and people get sick and tired of it because the people that they fleeced on um, Thursday night, and they fleeced them good on Thursday night, but I didn't see some of those people back last night. Uh, They didn't come back. Uh, One lady, and apparently uh, this guy knew that she was rich. Uh, Of course, she was well-dressed, and uh, she had expensive clothes on. She probably had jewelry on or whatever. Uh, And uh, so he, he supposedly gives her a word about that she came from a millionaire family. Yeah, well... I guess somebody at the church told you that you probably inquired of her. Maybe when you might've seen her Wednesday and wondered who she was. 
So then you tell he tells this woman, and I'll and I'm going to play you the clip, but he tells he tells her that um, she's supposed to sow, make a covenant with God, and he asks her if she wants to make a covenant with God. How much does she trust God? And he tells her, and I've never seen anybody go actually go up to people uh, during a fleecing sec, uh, session and tell them how much money they're supposed to, to give. But he goes up to this woman and he tells her that she has to give $50,000. Already this woman had already been mesmerized, hypnotized, manipulated because Ten minutes before he asked her for the fifty thousand, he gave her a, a very special prophecy, and even part of this prophecy was that she was going to be flying around in a private jet, probably with Paula. Oh wow! And so uh, he set her up, and so then he comes back to gangster. The gangster comes back, and uh, he tells her that. She's supposed to have a covenant with God and that she has to give $50,000. And she looks at him and and this poor woman, uh, she goes and gets her checkbook. And he says to her, do you have your checkbook with you? And she nodded her head yes. And he said, well, go get your checkbook and write the check right now. And she does it. She does it. Can you imagine? Fifty thousand dollars. Fifty thousand. Oh, and Paula was sitting up on the platform. She was like, Oh, I can't believe this. Wow. Oh, all this money. Yeah. She calls herself a pastor. Pastors don't do that to their people. They don't do that. They don't do those kind of things to their people. Not pastors. No. Well, they don't do that kind of thing. Witches do that. Reprobates do that. Not women of God. Not pastors. I, I and, and I didn't see that woman there last night. I can imagine that woman went home. And she was probably dizzy. She probably woke, started waking up out of her stupor when she got home. And, and you know how you are when you're drunk? And then you're coming, and you're coming out of being drunk, and your your head is swirling or whatever. And then you wake up in the morning and you say to yourself, "What did I just do?" I hope she put a stop payment on that check. I hope she did. Fifty thousand dollars from one person. One person. I'm going to play that audio for you now. Say yes, the Lord. You are about to be settled with something. I've seen some money will be paid to you. That money will not be less than about $170,000. And the Lord said to me, this is the beginning of a major financial turnaround. Yes. I couldn't believe the whole thing. I was in shock. I was in shock. Shock. I was like, what is going on over here? I never saw anybody do that. 
I don't know if any of you have ever seen that kind of thing in a in a supposed church service, but I could imagine that this guy going to be in heavy demand, and uh, you're going to start seeing him all over the place if he can bring in that kind of money. Here he goes. Say yes, the Lord. You are about to be settled with something. I've seen some money will be paid to you. That money will not be less than about $170,000. And the Lord said to me, this is the beginning of a major financial turnaround. Yes. Someone shall, Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. that awful you know I was literally nauseous watching this I I couldn't believe it I could not believe it there was no rationale behind what he had to say to this woman he knew she had money and he was determined to get it and and uh Determined to get this money for Paula White and whatever share he gets, which I'm sure he gets a big cut. And then to use uh, the access that she could give him to go around this country and fleece people in this manner. Uh, It was awful. And then he goes up to a couple, 
Um, they look like just an average couple, an average everyday couple, probably in their 30s. He goes up to them and he tells them that they have to give And they're standing there like they're in shock and they're thinking, $70,000? Who gives that kind of money away unless you're a a multi-multi-millionaire? And anyway, I don't need some guy coming up to me or some so-called prophet or prophetess coming up to me and telling me how much to give. I can hear God for myself, thank you very much. I don't need you to tell me how much money I'm supposed to give. It was despicable. Despicable. So right there, and I don't know if these people, I didn't see them take out their checkbook. I don't know what he did. Or uh, I don't even know if if, uh, they gave it or what. So that's two people uh, in one night. And so that was already a hundred and $20,000 that he was collecting. But he wasn't finished yet. He wasn't finished yet. After that, after that, and and I'm reeling listening to this and watching this. I'm, I'm reeling because I can't believe this whole thing. Then he tells them that there are 20 people in the, congregation 20 people to give ten thousand dollars ten thousand dollars 20 people now this congregation most of the people that are that go to Paula White's church are uh, african-american i would say probably 80 percent and most of them look like they were single mothers because i could tell by how many women went up for this marriage thing uh there was nine women to every one man that went up uh, because they were looking for a husband. So it's mainly, I would say, single mothers there. Uh, There might be, she might have a few wealthy people there uh, that keep the thing going. And uh, so she's literally taking money from these (laughs) middle-class, hardworking people. And uh, so, yeah, then he says, there's 20 people and I want you to come up right now and take an envelope and write the check right now. Don't, don't even wait. Just hurry up and write the check right now. He tells them. So uh, let's listen to the uh, $10,000. Hear me church. I want every man and every woman under the sound of my voice. To believe God for a seed. This is your seed of a speed. That is the word I heard. A seed for a speed. That God will grant you speed to overtake your peers and everybody. Those of you, your seed covenant of 1,000 is ready. Come to the altar. Drop it right down. Hurry up. Don't prolong. Don't waste time. Don't hold on. Don't hold on. Hurry up. Don't hold on. It's your time. God is working on you. God is working on you. God is working on you. Come, sister. Come, sister. A professional board of doctors and health administrators that they were planning for your evil. 
the Lord said to me that they will promote you. In the name of Jesus. Someone shall God is here. Are you ready for tomorrow night? Tomorrow night is what we call the grand finale. Someone say grand finale. God is going to move as never before. Tomorrow night, we are going to have an anointing service. Everybody, we're going to have an anointing service. And it's called the oil of taking over. Someone say the oil of taking over. Mom, you nearly miss. You nearly missed this. You nearly missed it. God doesn't need your 1,000. God wants to embarrass you. God said that He wants you to believe Him for a 10,000. So that the Esan son, Esan son, family, the Lord says so that that family can walk out of that crisis and God said that that family's liberty depends on you that tell Margaret 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 is that your name the Lord said I must tell you that the liberty of that family depends on you for your obedience is to unlock the opportunities God said, go and release 10,000. Say yes, the Lord. Anytime that God is ready to move the finances of the house, the devil begins to battle the atmosphere. But hear me. God will always send bold men to you. That they will not look at your emotion, but they will tell you the mind of God. And tonight, let the back of struggle in this house be broken. Oh, you can clap. In the name of Jesus. Someone say, money is coming to me. If only we can trust God.
killing the people that are watching on the internet. He says, there's a woman watching on the internet, and you've had bad relationships before. Now, go run, run, and, and get that seed in the ground. I, I Did anybody ever hear Jesus talking like that? When Jesus was on the earth and he had his ministry for three years, did he ever go, when he was preaching, did he ever stand up and say, now, anybody here that's looking for a husband or a wife, Come on, run up here. Come on, run up here with $50. (laughs) You know, I wonder sometimes, what is wrong with people? What is wrong with people? Are you that desperate? Are these people that desperate? That they would bring up $50 for a husband or a wife? Oh, here, here, here's another uh, part of that. told them to come up and uh, touch the altar to get their uh, husband or their wife. Anyway, I didn't play the um, the $10,000. Here's the $10,000 when he's asking the uh, 20 people to give the 10000 He's a little hard to understand, but we'll try to get through the accent. I was ministering to a young woman in New York. The Lord looked at the young woman and said, can you carry the blessing of this house? She looked at me and said, how? I said, the Lord said, your first $100,000 is getting out of your hand. She looked at me and said, wow, I feel like passing out. But for the sake of God, I'm going to obey God. The young lady released the seed within a couple of few instants. And something supernatural happened. I don't know, maybe she may even be watching from somewhere online. And let me tell you, when the Lord sent a prophet to you, certain bold decision must be taken to bring you to your place of a turnaround. Because the church is in the place where God is ready to bless us, but we are still in the place. Until the Lord brings you to the field, he cannot engage you into certain level of blessing. I heard the word of the Lord ministering to me that this family is going to bless the work of God in the covenant of a seed of a $70,000. What is 70? The Lord said to the Israelites, you'll be in captivity, but after 70 years, I'll bring you out and perform my good thoughts towards you. The Lord said that the end of your struggle and your challenges is now. And God said, out of this sea, you are being launched to the new capacity of God's grace and God's blessing. God said that this family, he needs that seed of 70,000 out of your hand. For what is not painful is not gainful. Keep it. What is not painful is not gainful. 
in the name of Jesus. There are some things that God begins to engage us and it's through our determination and our zeal that is how God begins to honor his word in our life. Anytime that God sent a prophet to you, get ready for your financial turnaround. But it only always begins with our obedience. Don't let God rest out of this seed. God minister to me that give me 20 people tonight that I'm going to engage them with a covenant of $10,000. And God said that these people that I am bringing them out to the field, Jesus, Jesus. The Lord spoke to me and said that there would be 20 to bring up a seed. I said, Pastor Edward, see. I said, because God already told me. 10000 I wrote it because the Lord spoke to me. Jesus! Oh, give the Lord a clap. Hear me? I want those 20 to pick up the envelope right now. Pick it up. Those 20 for the 10,000. Pick it up right now. And step aside here. Brother, you and your wife go and work on your seat now. Go. Right there. Pick up the seed for that seed and the covenant of the 10,000, says the Lord. For I'm going to prove myself in your obedience. 20 people. God said, come out right now. There are times that the Lord shows up. Do you know what happened? When the children of Israel prayed to God for a food, the Lord sent manna to them. But after the Lord sending manna, they asked themselves, what is this? There are some things that God is doing. And you are online, you are watching us right now. There's a lady that you are watching us right now. The Lord said to me that your name is called Joyce. The Lord said to me that you have got two children. I'm talking about Nathaniel and Deborah. The Lord said to me that your husband has left the house for the past three months. God said, out of this covenant, something will be restored. God said, go and sow that seed now for there is a miracle. Now, that really was awful. He's telling a woman, he, he says a name, but of course, he doesn't know any, anybody by that name looking that lost a husband. He's just making that up because there could be anybody listening that that's happened to where their husband left and they're, they're left there with the children. And he's telling the, the woman to go send $10,000 and God is going to restore her marriage. How could anybody do that? Any human with any kind of compassion or feeling for people, just imagine some poor woman out there listening and her husband left her and she's left with three children or four children to raise and she's desperate. She's desperate. She's depressed. She's she doesn't know what to do or where to turn. He's telling them to send $10,000. And God's going to restore your marriage. And then he tells the people, notice in the beginning when he's asking for the 10000 and he's telling them that this is going to be their time for a turnaround. And they'll never have to struggle again. 
anybody that lives life, <laughs> there is no guarantees of not having any kind of struggles in life. As long as we're here on this earth, we're going to have some kind of struggle or we're going to go through, through some kind of tribulation uh, with people, with family members. You just don't know. You can't tell people that just because they give money that they're never going to have to go through another trial. Even Jesus didn't say that. Jesus said that in this world you will have tribulation. He, that's a promise. Just this man, he's just a liar. He's a liar and a thief, a thief. And so is Paula White. She should be ashamed of herself, but I doubt that she is. Here's the second part. For the past three months, God said, out of this covenant, something will be restored. God said, go and sow that seed now, for there is a miracle. The Lord said me that you are watching from Arizona right now. Holy Ghost! 20 people, God is waiting on you right now. Why are you sitting down whilst God is knocking at your door that you are one of them? God said to me that this covenant is the covenant to come out to the field. For I am going to engage my miracle and my mercy and my testimony with you. Step out right now. For the last time, the Lord said to me that I call my children that they obey and believe in my covenant. You are trusting God for a new car. You are trusting God for good health. The Lord says that this covenant is going to speak. 20 people, the Lord told me. And I'm going to pray with you. I'm going to pray with you. Father, in the name of Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Let the miracle be released right now. Let the testimony be released right now. Let the access be granted right now. Let the doors be open right now. In the name of Jesus. Adiyama delebosiata. Adiyama kaba delebosabadiyamata. Ima delebosobodelevoka. Adiyama minister to me those of them that are engaging in this part of the covenant from the 50,000, 70,000, the 10,000 God said to me that you're going to arrange them and we're going to have a meeting with them for the next line of instructions and it's going to be done between tonight or tomorrow night God said to me something is going to happen go to the altar and release your, your covenant go to the altar God is waiting on you. God is raising in this house a revolution of people. They say that it's my time to release my covenant with God. 
There are some things that God begins to engage you. Don't sit down. Those I was working on you, I'm going to see your prayers. Come, you and your family. Give me all you. Come. Release your bless you for this new age that this age will be the age of happiness you know uh, a few interesting things there in that audio he says God is waiting on you can you imagine our holy God the creator of the universe the person that so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Could you imagine our God sitting on the throne waiting for people to come up in a church service and give some idiot reprobate $10,000? People. And and notice he says, um, Paul is standing next to him, and, and uh, we heard her say that she wrote it down. She The Lord told her even before he said it that 20 people were supposed to give $10,000. We're in the first place. God doesn't talk like that. He doesn't talk like that. Jesus never talked like that. And God certainly isn't sitting on his throne up in heaven talking like that. And uh, she says, I wrote it down. Look, I wrote it down even before he said it. 20 people, $10,000. Like, oh, yeah, like they didn't have, they, him and her weren't in cahoots together over this thing about how much they were going to collect. That's why she brought him there. She certainly didn't bring him there to minister to the people. She brought him there to minister to herself. And uh, he says that, Oh, apostle. He calls her apostle. I don't know what she's apostle of. The other two churches that she started in Tampa and Lakeland went bankrupt and they were bulldozed. I don't know what apostle she is. And she's cleaning out the place over there in Apopka, too. So I don't know what kind of an apostle she is. And uh, so uh, he says, we, we're we going to call a special meeting uh, within, I guess, like the next 24 hours of all the people that gave $10,000 or more. So in other words, the 20 people that gave the 10,000, the one lady that gave the 50 and the couple that gave the 70, we're going to have a special meeting, him and Paula, and he's going to have a special word for them. Well, the only reason why he's saying that is because he wants to make sure that they, these people write out their checks. Oh, they're going to come and have a special meeting with her and him, and he's going to give them a word to make sure that. Now, just think of it. That's uh, right there. That's um, $320,000 that he got right there. And then after that, after that, he says, there's 70 people here to give a thousand, 70 people to give a thousand. 
Now there weren't there didn't look like there was 200 people in the place that night. He was cleaning those people out. So that's uh like almost $400,000 that he tried to take in that night. And he was fleecing people the night before. And they had two afternoon services and he was fleecing the people there. And then last night he was fleecing the people. So if every, I guess if they'd take in all the money that was supposedly pledged, they probably were, uh, would take in $500,000. Not honestly, not honestly. Okay. Okay, Paula White, there's pleasure in sin for a season. You might be giddy right now thinking, uh, how easy it was to get that money. But you're going to reap what you sow eventually. You're going to reap what you sow if you don't repent and stop this foolishness. Because the Bible says whatever isn't of faith is sin. And if we don't have enough faith to have a ministry without lying to people and robbing people, then we better not have any kind of a ministry. We're better just sit down and shut up and go away. That would be the best thing to do and leave people alone. Just leave people alone. Let's read a few scriptures about consulting with witches. What happens when you consult with diviners and witches? Leviticus 19.26, you shall not eat anything with the blood Neither shall ye use enchantment, which this so-called prophet is using. Colossians 2, 8 through 10. Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, after the tradition of men and the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. And that's what that is. It's vain deceit to make you believe that you don't have to work to get things. You don't have to have integrity to get things. Just come up in a church service and, and give 1000 or 10000 or 50000 and God's just going to give you everything you want. Oh, that's a lie. That's a lie. Second Kings 17.17, 17, And they ceased, and they caused their sons and their daughters to pass through the fire and used divination and enchantments and sold themselves to do evil in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger. One thing for sure, God didn't say any of those things. And it says right here, you chose to do evil in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger. Jeremiah 27, 9, therefore hearken not to your prophets, nor to your diviners, nor to your dreamers, nor to your enchanters, nor to your sorcerers, which speak unto you, saying, you shall not serve the king of Babylon. First John 4, 6 through 8. We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Micah 5.12, and I will cut off witchcrafts out of thine hand, and thou shalt have no more soothsayers. 
And this is a good one for this guy. Acts 8, 9 through 13. But there was a certain man called Simon, this guy, which before time in the same city used sorcery and bewitched the people of Apopka, says Samaria, giving out himself was some great one. Oh, he brags. He's a prophet of God. You're no prophet of God. You're a soothsayer, a diviner, a warlock. Second Kings 9.22, and it shall come to pass when Joram saw Jehu that he said, is it peace, Jehu? And he answered, what peace? So long as the whoredoms of my mother Jezebel and her witchcraft are so many, Jezebel, Paula, Leviticus 20:27. a man also or woman that hath a familiar spirit or that is a wizard shall surely be put to death. They shall stone them with stones. Their blood shall be upon them. It's a good thing that they're, they're not living in Old Testament times. That's all I have to say. That's all I have to say. Leviticus 19:31. regard not them that have familiar spirits, neither seek after wizards to be defiled by them. I am the Lord, your God. That's a warning for those people over there at New Destiny. Regard not them that have familiar spirits, neither seek after wizards to be defiled by them because they're defiling you over there. You're going to be broke the next time you come back. Second Kings 21.6, and he made his son pass through the fire and observed times and used enchantments and dealt with familiar spirits and wizards. He wrought much wickedness in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger. Deuteronomy 18, 9 through 12. When thou art come into the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee, thou shalt not learn to do after the abominations of those nations. We don't use witchcraft. We don't use sorcery we don't use manipulation to fund ministries that's not of god those people better run for their lives out of that place i mean they're already emptying the place out they didn't have a good crowd there though they kept the paula said oh it's going to build every night the crowds are going to get bigger they didn't the crowds got smaller because i guess some people finally realized that uh this so-called prophet wasn't coming there to bless them. He was coming there to bless Paula because she needed some money. Uh, If you're going to have a church service and you're billing it as a church service to bless people, forego the offering, okay? Forego the offering for one time. Is there, is there ever, has there ever been one service since you've been there, Paula White, at New Destiny, has there ever been one service there where you didn't receive an offering? One service where you left those poor people alone to come to church? Who wants to go to church and have their wallet emptied, their checkbook emptied? I don't want to go to church and be stressed out. Could you imagine those people were coming there? Some of those people have desperate needs. They're going through desperate situations. And they came there and uh, 
they left $10,000 poorer or $100,000 poorer or $50,000 poorer. They weren't ministered to. They weren't ministered to. They went home and they probably had more stress and more problems, especially after they woke up in the morning from their drunken stupor and realized what they had done. Just awful. Paula White, she's a reprobate. Just a reprobate. Let me play this one here with the um, 1,000. And then we'll talk a little bit about Steve Muncy and Marcus and Joni Lamb. You hear me, church? I want every man and every woman under the sound of my voice to believe God for a seed. This is your seed of a speed. That is the word I heard. A seed for a speed. That God will grant you speed to overtake your peers and everybody. Those of you, your seed covenant of 1,000 is ready. Come to the altar. Drop it right down. Hurry up. Don't prolong. Don't waste time. Don't hold on. Don't hold on. Hurry up. Don't hold on. It's your time. God is working on you. God is working on you. God is working on you. Come, sister. Come, sister. A professional board of doctors and health administrators that they were planning for your evil, the Lord said to me that they will promote you. You notice there that he's uh, he calls up a lady, and uh, there's a lady there that's a doctor in the church, a young lady, probably in her 30s, and uh, just starting out, whatever. And uh, he tells her that there's people that are on the board, and they're coming against you. And but God is going to when you you have to give ten thousand dollars. He tells her. Now imagine this woman, she's already struggling. She's probably got big bills to pay even from her education. And he tells her that she has to give $10,000 so that God will help. He's gonna, After she gives the 10000 then God's going to help her to get her own practice. She's going to have her own clinic. No, that's never going to happen. No, no, not just, not anytime soon. No, it's not going to happen. No, I guarantee you it's not going to happen. <laughs> I knew very few people uh, when when I was in the Word of Faith movement that out of all the money that they so, supposedly sowed and tithes and whatever ever uh, got these major multi hundred thousand dollar blessings back and millions of dollars back and all these things that were promised to them it just it never happened they'll wind up worse than they were they'll wind up worse than they were because i i and i believe this it's just like the children of israel they had to go around for it shouldn't have taken them 40 years to get to the promised land but it took them 40 years they they kept going around in circles because they couldn't get it right and it's the same thing in our christian walk and that's what i found i haven't tithed or done any seed sowing since 1997. Uh, and 
I'm much better off than I ever was when I was doing all that foolishness because God in his infinite mercy and his wisdom, he had to make me go through so many trials and tribulations before I finally realized that if I needed anything from God, I, all I had to do was ask him and to pray. And the Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and all these other things will be added unto you. Uh, work, be a person of integrity and do what's right in the sight of the Lord. And he will bless you according to how much he wants to bless you, not what you think you want. And when you finally get it right and you finally understand, and, and like I said before, the Bible says that whatever is not of faith is sin. So if we don't trust God, and we're looking to some other human being to meet our needs. And we're trying to think of a way how uh, we can manipulate people to do what we want them to do so we can have what we want. God's going to let you go around that mountain too for 40 years until you get it right. The Bible says, cursed is the man who puts his trust in man. We put our trust in no man. We put our trust in God. Because he is the only one that can help us. He is the only one that can help us. He promised us that he would meet our needs according to his riches and glory. We are his children. We don't pay our parents off. I have never given my parents a seed faith offering for them to do anything for me. They just did it because they loved me. And God loves us so much more. He loved us so much that he gave his son to die on a cross. That's how much God loved us. It is finished. It is finished. We don't have to do these things that these people tell us we have to do. It's a lie. It's not the truth. It's another Jesus. It's another gospel. And that's, we want to flee from that. And run as far away as we can and take other people with us along the way. Get them away from these shysters. These shysters. It's just awful. Poor people. Poor people. Anyway, um, I wanted to talk a little bit about Marcus Lamb and... uh, Joni Lamb, but here's a little bit about Marcus Lamb. Now, a few years ago, Marcus Lamb was caught in an affair. So let's hear what he has to say here. I think that our marriage is better today than it has ever been. You are just (laughs) an absolute angel, and I am madly in love with you, and you mean so much to me. However, I do want to share something with you, and uh, it is this, about... um, Well, several years ago, um, Marcus and I went through a challenge in our marriage, and um, I discovered that he was having an an emotional um, relationship, if you will, with someone, and that it had turned into um, an improper relationship. I take 100% responsibility. Joni has no blame. The other person doesn't have any blame. It's all, I don't even blame the devil. It's all on me. These are some of our most private moments, but they're 
actually are three people uh, who were not involved in what we're talking about today or affected by our marital challenge um, that are they're now saying um, that unless Daystar pays them 7.5 million dollars that they're going to take our story um, that we just shared with you to the media. You see, these three people that Joni shared with you, they're trying to take our pain and turn it to their gain. Ladies and gentlemen, we're not going to take God's money and pay to keep from being uh, humiliated, I guess, or exposed, or exploited, whatever you want to call it. I'm so sorry. I've asked God to forgive me years ago. I asked my precious Joni. And when this first came out, I said to her, I said, Honey, I only want us to stay together if we really love one another. Not for the ministry's sake, not even for our kids' sake. And ladies and gentlemen, I love this woman. Yeah. He loves that woman. And notice he said he wasn't going to take God's money and use it. But he doesn't mind picking people's pockets over there. Uh, he doesn't have any sympathy for the people that he's robbing when he has these so-called uh, heart for the world uh, telethons over there. Now, here, here's Steve Muncy. Steve Muncy, he tells you, now this was in February when he was there at Heart for the World. Uh, he tells the people that if they give this offering, now imagine this. Uh, imagine, like, sane people can't imagine this, I know. Uh, anyway, he tells people that when you give this offering, God's going to dispatch angels. I, I didn't know that God had money up there in heaven. And that when uh, we give money to ministries, then God gives these angels, he pays these angels, and then these angels are dispatched. Now, really, that's that's a piece of fiction right there. That's a good piece of fiction right there. But people believe it. People believe it. They were they sent uh they they were sending the money into uh Steve. Yep. Represents the gospel of Jesus Christ. Don't you know? Don't you know that Satan is saying, destroy this baby, kill it. Whatever we do, destroy the signal of gospel. Whatever we do, destroy every church, destroy everyone that presents the gospel of the king. But when people worship, oh, hallelujah, when people say, no, I'm coming, I'm a wise man, just like the wise men, God dispatches an angel, changes direction. The minute you begin to worship with your giving, you begin to worship with your offering, you begin in the pray with frankincense, you begin to give of yourself with myrrh. God dispatches three angels. One, changing your direction. Two, the gospel will be preserved to be preached into all the world. And number three, whatever is trying to destroy you, whatever is trying to kill you, is going to be destroyed. And God is about to deliver you. Oh, somebody push that clap button. Something's getting ready to happen in the next few moments. There's a person in this. The Bible says, the Bible said that there was a woman, and she came and she worshipped him. 
And the Bible said that she brought her alabaster box. And, and she was a prostitute. And when she walked into the room, when she walked into the room, they say, or the Bible says it was worth 300 pence. And the Bible said she came in and worshipped. Let me tell you how powerful this was. When you read the scriptures, it is so exciting simply because when she broke it, when she broke it, I'm coming over here. I'm going to press this button. When she broke it, the whole room started smelling. And worship went forth. And when she did that, the course of her life was changed. You know what Jesus said? Jesus said when she broke it and put it on her, his feet, he said, Ma'am, every person that hears the gospel, it will be a memorial unto you. That means every person that's ever been born again, Mary, who broke the alabaster box and worshipped him with his feet. Now, this is the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord came to me in December, this last December. And as I illustrated, as you saw already on this set at Live Daystar, the Holy Spirit spoke and said, When you go to Daystar, I will have people watching. That person is going to be watching. You tell them, Steve, with, with Marcus and Joni, you tell them, when they bring their worship live on on heart to the world and you you take you take their request you take their prayers I'm going to dispatch three angels three angels one is going to go to Daystar and enhance the gospel to be preserved to be preached to the whole world meaning there's angels going to be dispatched in the studio upon this frequency in Jerusalem Wherever there's a station, whether you're getting this signal. And number two, I'm going to dispatch an angel. Hear me. I'm going to dispatch an angel to the person that's watching. And when they worship, when they worship as you instruct them, I'm going to dispatch an angel to their house. I'm going to change the course of their money. I'm going to change the course of their children. I'm going to change the course of their life. I, in the next 24 hours, am going to put things together that they have never experienced for. I'm going to do above what they ask or even think when they worship. And then, Steve, you tell them that the third angel is going to destroy what's been trying to destroy them. Okay? In other words, if there's a sickness in your body... If there's famine, or there is poverty, or there is trouble, or there is rebellion, God is saying, this day, on Daystar, you watching the television screen, there's a miracle getting ready to happen that's never happened. Now listen closely to this, because I think this is the best part. It's very interesting that this is Israel's 50th year. What do you mean 50th year? It's the 50th year since 1967 when they took the old city back. 50 years.
years before that was 1948, in which Israel, 47 and 48. <laughs> He's something else, that guy, Steve Muncy, right? Now, you would think that Steve Muncy is like uh, the richest, one of the richest preachers going, right? Well, a few years ago, his church was in foreclosure, and uh, so was his house. Yeah, he was having financial problems, but he's telling you that he, the Lord told him. Now, the Lord, but of course, we know what Lord that was that was talking to him, told him that if he, he uh, during this heart for the world, he was going to take these prayer requests and this, these angels were going to be dispatched. And uh, they were going to do all kinds of things for you if you uh, gave money during Heart for the World. But yet, it didn't work for Steve Muncy. Because if if it really worked, none of these people would have any financial problems of their own. They would never have a financial problem. But they do. They do. So, if it doesn't work for them, it, it, it doesn't work, you know. <laughs> But yet, there's still plenty of gullible people out there. I, I see it all the time, and uh, I can't believe it. I can't believe that it still goes on in the magnitude that it goes on. But uh, like we've said before, we're celebrating this year, 2017, is the 500th anniversary of the Reformation. And after 500 years, we haven't seen much change, have we, in the miracle selling business? It's still more popular than ever, I think. Uh, obviously, any any of us that have been to Rome and visited the Vatican uh, and seen have seen the riches of the Vatican, the vast wealth that is in that place alone, the artwork and the gold and the majesty of the buildings and uh, the way that uh, these people dress, the clothing alone, the the golden jewel-encrusted chalices that they drink from and all these things. Miracle selling has been very profitable for the Catholic Church. And so now we see it uh, being modeled in the so-called Pentecostal churches, uh, charismatic churches, which I don't, I don't consider these places really churches. They're just fleecing centers. They're, they're uh, operated merely for the benefit of the pastor uh, to enjoy a, a lavish lifestyle, which most of these people do. Um, there's nothing wrong with having money if you earned it honestly. It's none of my business how much money you have or, or what kind of a house you live in or what kind of a car you drive. Uh, that's none of my concern. Uh, but these preachers that every, week after week, all they do is con people into uh, giving money so they, they can buy mansions and airplanes and and live lavishly, no, that's wrong. You can't uh, do things to dishonor God and to hurt people because ultimately it really does hurt the people that go to these places uh, week after week because a church, a church service, when people go to church, 
They want to, they go there to be ministered to. They've had a hard week of working and, and dealing with their children, dealing with their in-laws. Uh, who knows what else they've been through during the week. They don't want to go somewhere on a Sunday and be stressed out even more. They're going there for comfort. Uh, they're going there to sing. They're going there to see their friends. And they're going there to be blessed. It's supposed to be a place of blessing and fellowship, uh, not a place where you go and you're more stressed out when you come out than you, you were when you went in <laughs> because you <laughs> you weren't ministered to. You weren't ministered to. You you had a light show. You had dancing girls. Uh, you had uh, seed faith scams, tithing scams, whatever. What's the use? I mean, why even bother going? Uh, but th- these places really, they should empty out. They should start emptying out and people should just go s- try to find a place where they could go and to be ministered to, to have the word ministered to you, to have good, solid Bible teaching to uh, where's the personal accountability. You don't ever hear about that at these churches. They don't, they they don't tell people that, look, if you want money, and you want to accumulate wealth, you have to work every day. And, and if you work every day and uh, you'll get promotions, if you're a good worker, you will get promoted. You'll, you'll earn more money. You save your money. You don't buy things you can't afford. And you will accumulate wealth. That's the way to accumulate wealth. You want a wealth transfer, go to work. At the end of the week, your paycheck is transferred into your bank account. That's called a wealth transfer. <laughs> then that's really the only way to uh, one of the only ways to uh, get wealth is you have to have some form of employment. Uh, Why aren't these churches raising people up to uh, be responsible to their children, to their wives, to their husbands? No. Do you, can you imagine how many marriages break up? over these seed faith scams and these tithing scams where people are fighting over money. That's usually the main reason people fight in their marriages is they fight over money. And could you imagine the fights that go on when the wife says, I want to, I, I have to sell my $10,000 seed and the husband's saying, no, we're not going to do it. And they're fighting they're, They probably start beating each other up or whatever. And, uh, then the the children are screaming because mommy and daddy are fighting. No, this is not peace and joy and and uh, sweet fellowship of the brethren. Uh, no, <laughs> it's a Bonnie and Clyde stick up. That's about what it is. But I mean, hopefully, uh, you know, these programs are educational. These and to show you what's going on in the church world week after week, what kind of things to avoid, what kind of things to warn your friends and your family to avoid. And let's empty these places out because these are not places uh, of worship. These are not places, um, these are not ministry centers or Bible teaching centers in in any sense of the word. Uh, They should be closed up. Either these people repent and, uh, get born again and serve the Lord Jesus Christ, or really they should just go away. Leave people alone. Find something else to do with your life besides hurting people. Uh, 
It, it, it's just not worth it. You know, really, it's not worth it in the end. These people wind up alcoholics. They wind up drug addicts. They wind up having nervous breakdowns. Uh, they wind up divorced. Somebody commits adultery. It it doesn't turn out good for any of them. It might be okay for a season, but eventually your sin will find you out. Eventually you'll reap what you sow. It's just not worth it. it it's much better to uh, have a little and to have peace in your life and to have joy and to be able to go to sleep that night without having to take sleeping pills, because I can imagine a lot of these people can't sleep if they have any conscience at all. Their conscience has to bother them if they do. And uh, so they have to take drugs to try to uh, drug themselves because they probably can't stand themselves either. I mean, who would, who would, how would, how would any of us feel if, uh, we we were standing up there as a pastor of the church and we watched our congregation of hardworking people, of hurting people, of people that had needs. And we, we could look at them Sunday after Sunday and have compassion for these people and uh, minister to them. Uh, how could these people do it? How could they stand up there and look at these people week after week and not have any feeling, any human emotion at all uh, for these people? Uh, it's unbelievable, really. But selfishness and greed turn people into monsters. It, it really does. It just, it turns people into Frankensteins and Draculas and, and uh, it really does something to the psyche of people. But anyway, we don't want to turn out that way. We, uh, we want to serve the Lord no matter what, no matter what comes our way. We're only here for a short time on this earth and uh, our life is but a vapor. We're here one day, we're gone the next day, woof, we're gone. Not here anymore. And we go on to our reward, our heavenly reward. We go on to have eternal life with Jesus Christ. So it's much better to live our life serving God, to live an honest life, and uh, to try to live our life without hurting people, to get what we want. That's not Christianity. It's not Christianity. And uh, we want to see a reformation in the church, a reformation of real Christianity, what it is really to be a Christian and to live a Christian life, because we don't see it. Uh, You don't really see it on Christian television. You see most people, or what they call Christian television, it's so-called Christian television, You, you see one scam artist after another, and they don't portray Jesus as he really is the savior of the world, the savior who died uh, for our sins, the savior who died to give us eternal life and to give us the abundant life, the savior who, who gave us peace and joy, which you can't buy. You can't buy those things. You, you can't get it any other way except through Christ. Uh, we don't have to take drugs to, to, uh, forget about our troubles or, or get drunk to forget about our troubles because we have somebody that we can cast our cares on to. 
And he cares for us. He said he cares for us. Cast your cares on the Lord because he cares for us. And he's going to take care of us. He's God. He didn't need our help to create the universe. He didn't need it. And he certainly doesn't uh, need our help to take care of our finances. But like any good father, he's going to teach you some lessons until you get it right. And, uh, and until we lead our lives the right way uh, and whatever he can trust us with, too. So let's be content with what we have and uh, leave the rest up to God. Amen. So I want to thank everybody in the chat room for stopping by. Don't forget next week we have Jackie Allner. Let me know how you like the new sound. I'm, I have my new microphone here. Uh, it's a professional microphone. And so we're trying to improve the broadcast quality of the program. Hopefully, I'm hoping that this program will be picked up not only on the internet, but maybe on some radio stations or now that the uh, quality has been improved. I'm also trying to improve the quality of some of the audio clips. I know some of them weren't real clear today, but uh, I'm trying to uh, improve the quality of the program because I, I, I want God to use this broadcast for his glory. And I would like to have more people listening. So uh, I'm very thankful to have this new equipment and uh, let me know how you like it. Okay. Anyway, remember the most important thing today is to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Read the third chapter of John today. Jesus said himself to Nicodemus that you must be born again. First, you're born of your mother and then you must be born again of the spirit of God. Repent of your sins today. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. And ask Jesus Christ to come into your life and to be your Lord and Savior. Christ was born of a virgin. He died on the cross. He rose from the dead and he ascended into heaven in the body. And he sits at the right hand of the Father. And he said that he's coming again. Jesus is a real person. He's alive. He's alive and he's coming again. (laughs) Nobody's going to destroy the world. God is sovereign and he's still on the throne. Read the book of Romans today. The book of Romans says confession is made with the mouth unto salvation. Jesus Christ loves you. He really does. He loves you. And uh, he's all you need. Amen. God bless you, everybody. Bye-bye. I'm going to a city that's set on a hill Its ruler and maker is the Lord God above Oh, I'm going to a city And it's set on a hill And someday I'll be in heaven And there'll be no sorrow there Oh, I'm going to a city It lies four square The gates are made of jasper And I'll see Jesus there I'm going to a city Set on a hill And someday I'll be in heaven And there'll be no sorrow there
JCPenney Mother's Day Sale. Shop now and save on gifts mom will love. Brighten her day with jewelry up to 70% off with coupon. Find something special at our store-wide Liz event with savings up to 40% off. Plus extended store hours Friday and Saturday. This Mother's Day, make her day truly monumental. Shopping is back. JCPenney. Offers valid on select items through 5-8. Liz event offer good through 5-16. Some exclusions apply. See store or jcp.com for details. It's the JCPenney Mother's Day Sale. Shop now and save on gifts mom will love. Brighten her day with jewelry up to 70% off with coupon. Find something special at our store-wide Liz event with savings up to 40% off. Plus extended store hours Friday and Saturday. This Mother's Day, make her day truly monumental. Shopping is back. JCPenney. Offers valid on select items through 5-8. Liz event offer good through 5-16. Some exclusions apply. See store or jcp.com for details. (laughs) 